Have you ever heard of something called cessationism? Did you believe that God gives gifts to his children, to the body of Christ, to the church, gifts of the Holy Spirit? Do you believe that God still does miracles today? Do you believe that he heals people today still? How about the fivefold ministry, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers? You have a God box? Does God fit inside the box? I want to talk today about something called cessationism and something I want to call uh, limitism. Join me in this episode of God's Adopted. Howdy, welcome to God's Adopted. I'm here to help encourage you to grow in faith through stories, teaching, and practical examples so you can experience more of God in and through your life. When we get born again, He adopts us. This podcast is here to encourage us all to grow in becoming the children of God He's adopted us to become. Join me and learn to do like Peter did. Let's get out of the boat and step on the water with Jesus. Heavenly Father, I pray for myself and my brothers and sisters and for your church, the body of Christ. I want to pray, Lord, that you would encourage us and build us up to, on increasing levels, become your children to, to grow as your disciples, Jesus, in understanding and encouragement and building us up to speak and to do whatever you call us to do and to speak. Guide us by your Holy Spirit. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So I'm working on a book and basically to encourage people on how to be and grow as disciples of Jesus. Um, recently, my pastor said something at church that I just absolutely just love. He asked the congregation, how many of you would you say are disciples who make disciples? Isn't that a simple way of, of really asking people, okay, the Bible has that we have the Great Commission. How many are you doing what the Great Commission says to be doing? Now, there's there's a Great Commission that most people oftentimes quote and talk about from the Gospel of Matthew, there's another one in Mark. And there's a, there's reasons why people don't like the one in Mark. And actually, it's kind of touches on the topic that I want to talk about today. Great commission topic. I want to talk about that on another episode. But this one, so there's this thing called cessationism. And what it basically means is it's a belief that says, that there are things that God did in the early church that he doesn't do anymore. It's like saying that God used to do this, but he doesn't do it anymore. Or he did it just this one time, and he doesn't do it anymore. And there are things that fall into that category. I mean, I mean, have you seen any Red Seas part lately? I mean, he did that. I believe he did that, absolutely. But is he going to do it again? Well. Is he going to do it again? And could he do it again? Are not the same question. I believe all things are possible with God. If he wanted to part another sea, any sea, I have no question in my mind whether or not he could do it. Now, whether or not he'll do it if I ask or when I ask or that kind of, that's a different thing. <laughs> but faith-wise, believing if God 
Can God do anything? Well, is he all-powerful God? Is he almighty God? Or is he little tiny God? Which, which God do you believe in? Which God do you want to believe in? And I want to believe in the God who's almighty God. And I believe that's who the true God is. Now, could you be born again and only believe that God is kind of like he's limited in some ways? Absolutely. I think probably most people, when they first get born again or saved by God, a lot of times they there's limits on what they understand and believe about God. But I think some of that's because it's just a new baby. So on the one hand, you believe God can do anything and everything because he's God and he just saved you. On the other hand, you don't know what that means. You don't know the extent of what that means. And it's okay. And that's the point. You're, you're growing. But a lot of times what it seems to happen is as people grow in the Lord, they become full of knowledge and full of other information, but also not just from God and from the word of God, but also from the world that we live in and the experiences of our lives and everything, a lot of times we end up with with limiting God, but not realizing how God is being limited in our lives and in our faith. And over time, God could get shoved into a box, as if he could, right? We know God can't get pushed into a box, but we kind of let him get there, or go there, or be put there for us. So we have an enemy, no question about that. What is cessationism? Where does it come from? Basically, a lot of cessationists look at certain scriptures in the Bible and the New Testament, and they say, well, you know, there were the, the apostles, and there was an apostolic period or a time period when there were the apostles, the first apostles. And it's funny when they talk about that, they don't normally talk about how one apostle had been replaced, right? Because Judas killed himself and then he was replaced. You don't hear that conversation, but you just simply hear there were apostles. And during that original time period, God gave them all these special gifts and powers and miracles and stuff just to establish the church. But after the church was established, well, we don't need that anymore. Now, scripturally speaking, one of the main verses that's used for this comes out of First Corinthians. And it comes out of chapter 13, where the Apostle Paul has been talking about gifts of the Spirit and the proper use of the gifts of the Spirit and think about this. If you read chapter 12 and chapter 14, the Apostle Paul is explaining about gifts of the Spirit, also the, the fivefold ministers as gifts to the church, to the body of Christ, apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers, how these people have been, their lives have been called upon to be this person, to, to provide this leadership, this role for the body of Christ so that the body of Christ can be built up and made mature and, and healthy and grow up eventually into the perfect man, if you will, uh, which is a verse in 1 Corinthians 13 talks about this. And basically, 
in 13, it says, well, if you do all of this stuff, chapter 12 and 14 and everything else following Christ, but you don't have love, then what you're doing is it's not good. It's not healthy. It's not right. It's not what God wants. And in chapter 13, it's it's just really reinforced that the only thing that's going to be left when everything's done, when Christ returns and the body of Christ is caught up with the Lord and we're in heaven, if you will, if you want to think of it that way, when everything's done that God is doing, all that's going to be left is faith, hope, and love. Isn't that interesting? Then there won't be any need for powers for healing and miracles and gifts of the spirit in that sense that we need him now and everything. It's not going to be needed then as it will as is as it is now. And so cessationists basically say, well, you know, most of those things don't exist anymore. And that's an interesting thing in and of itself. They don't say all of it, but they'll say some of it. I'll give you an example. There's a lot of controversy over what people call the gift of tongues, of speaking in tongues. What does that even mean? Does it mean that you're speaking a different language that you don't know based on your own thinking, um, but you're speaking an actual language? And if you had the right person or people group nearby to hear what you're saying, maybe if you recorded it and you sent it out across the world, somewhere somebody would understand what you were saying because it was you were speaking in an unknown tongue. Is that what it means? And if it is what it means, well, we we don't believe in, you know, that's used. God used that a few times. And you can see that in the book of Acts, for example, where God used that. And people heard people sharing in their own language, uh, mysteries of God, if you will, things about God. And people kind of pigeonhole everything about tongues. That's that must be what it means. But when they do that, they ignore other verses where the Apostle Paul is talking about speaking in tongues as a private, as a personal prayer language to build himself up. And he's talking about, you know, he he prays in tongues more than anybody else. And like he's like, what do you do about tongues? And he actually explains in detail. Well, in a corporate setting, tongues is used for prophecy and in a personal private setting, it's used as a prayer language, as as prayer, as edification, as a way to build yourself up. Okay, I didn't really want to get far into tongues. Maybe I will do a separate teaching on that, like in a different episode specifically. My point is, is that it can be very controversial. And there's other things about tongues that people say about it that even make it even more controversial than anything I've even mentioned already. So it might be a very worthy episode just to try and encourage people about it and what it is and what should we do about it? What 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 does the Bible say for us to do in regard to the gift of tongues? What about the gift of of healing or the gift of miracles? or words of wisdom, or words of knowledge. These are all gifts. Well, a cessationist would say, well, not everything has gone away. We, The body of Christ still uses some things, but just not all things. I really want to warn you about something, and it's something I want to call a limitist. So if a cessationist says that 
while some things are okay, but some things aren't for us anymore, Elimitus says this, I believe God does all those things and everything, but mostly and for the most part, and for myself, definitely, probably not. And at some point, my question would have to be, why? Why not? Um, we don't ask God for healing because we have doctors in medicine. A lot of people would agree to that. Or if you ask them, why don't you ever pray for healing? Well, because it's not a big thing. Um, I'm just, it's, it's just hay fever. It's just a, a little headache. I can take some Tylenol. Am I against Tylenol? Am I against uh, medicine? Am I against doctors? Not at all. Praise, praise God for doctors and medicines and all of that kind of stuff. I do. I thank God for all of those things. Like if I'm at a dentist, I'm happy that there's such a thing as Novocaine. I'm just saying, right? I'm just being honest. At the same time, isn't it possible or why not? Why shouldn't it be possible to want to see God move in our life and at the same time want to be wise in how we deal with life? So if I have my child, if my child's sick and has a fever, am I going to pray that God would heal my child? Of course. And with the fever and everything, if I pray for the fever to go down, in Jesus' name, and the fever doesn't go down, am, am I going to just, like, hands off? You know, I'm not going to help my kid anymore. I'm just going to, I'm just going to wait. Actually, I'm, you know, I wouldn't. I mean, and this is a wrestle. This is a, this is a healthy wrestle. Uh, I would give my kids some Motrin and Tylenol, you know, the combination and, and work on the fever and everything. I would do that, and I would pray for my child to be healed. A lot of times it's easier to believe, think about this, it's almost like it's easier to believe that God's going to do miracles and stuff like that if you were on a mission field somewhere. Like if you were stuck somewhere in the jungle or maybe you're snowed in and you don't have any medication and you can't get any help because you've tried, uh, but you know, in that situation you need help or your child needs help. So you pray and God's going to, he miraculously heals or brings some help and everything. Isn't it strange that it's easier to believe in that situation that God's going to work, but not in everyday normal life situation? I think we live in a world that is trying to, it has always been trying to compete and take away our faith if it was possible. Now, I'm not talking about salvation. I'm talking about other things in our lives that affect and impact our lives like medicine. And it, I'm just using this one because it's an easy one to use. What could be other ways that we, that God wants us to grow in faith and trusting in him more and more that might be like, there's something trying to pull us away from trusting him more. Can you think of any? I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this. I ultimately, I want to encourage myself and you to trust God more. And how can we do that? How can we encourage each other even to trust God more? I'm going to give you the easiest way I can think of. It's this, and it's not, it's not super crazy or super spiritual. Start reading the Bible. 
start reading the New Testament. And when I say reading, I mean straight through. No study notes, no study Bible, no, none of that. But just you, God, right? You and the Holy Spirit, let Lord Jesus, you said the Holy Spirit would come. He's the spirit of truth and he would guide me and lead me in all truth, even in understanding what, what the Lord teaches and, and start reading straight through the New Testament. And if you haven't done it in a long time, I keep feeling like I need to keep encouraging people. Read through the New Testament. If you haven't done it in a long time, maybe now's the time to start doing it again. And if you start reading through the New Testament and it's boring to you, and I'm going to be honest with you, I'm not being super spiritual about this. If it's boring to you, it's boring. I don't want it to be boring to you. Ask God to give life to it, to breathe life into your spirit, to see his word come alive and ask him what he wants you to get from it. Also, maybe try another translation. Now, some people might step back because I just said, try a different translation. they will be like anathema. That's terrible. Oh, you can't. There's only one translation that you can ever read. I'm telling you, whether it's the KJV, the NIV or the TV guide, if there's truth in it, the Holy Spirit's going to guide you in it. Now, I'm not going to tell you to seek after something that I already know and believe is inaccurate. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying, find a, a different translation and start reading it. You want a translation that's an actual translation. I'll give you the simple skinny on it. It needs to be a, a translation, not a transliteration. A transliteration is like the living Bible, where people basically, you read the Bible, a translation, and then you rewrite it the way that you feel this is what this is how i can say it it's not really a translation it's like a i'm gonna i'm gonna share it the way i say it versus what the translation said it but there are translations out there that are fantastic i like the new living translation not the living bible new living translation now can god use all of this stuff well i just said if even in the tv god if there's truth then the holy spirit can do something with it you can walk down the street you can watch tv you can turn on the radio if there's truth or anything that God wants you to show, God wants to show you something about something. Can he show you something anytime? Only if he's around. And God's always around. So absolutely. So that's why I say it the way I say it. Now, there are some versions or translations of the Bible that I don't agree with. But like, And so get with somebody who you know and trust. And find a translation that, that they might recommend if the one that you currently read is just completely boring to you. And when you read this other translation, be ready to find verses that you're going to encounter. And you're going to be like, does it really say that? And and when when you see a verse like that, go to the translation that you rely on, if there is only one, and go scrutinize it. Be like a Berean. Test it. Look at the word. Dig into it. And And by doing that, you're going to grow. God's going to grow you. You're going to start to grow. And as you read through the scriptures, it's almost impossible for me to read the New Testament without beginning to think, without my faith being stirred up inside, more and more thinking, Jesus, I just saw you heal a person. I have a friend. Would you heal them? And, and maybe I pray for my friend at that moment. 
Or maybe there's something in my life that I, I want prayer for myself. And I say, Lord, would you help me in that moment? I want to grow in my faith and I want you to grow in your faith too. So, I mean, some translations that I really like, just personally, I like NIV. I like the NLT, the New Living Translation. I like the Amplified Bible. Um, I like the King James. I like the New King James. There's a lot of translations I like. There's one called the Complete uh, Jewish Study Bible. Now, it has study portions, but even if you have a study Bible, you can read it without having to use all the study notes. So don't worry about that. And I am really going to encourage you, read through the Bible. So what's the deal about cessationist? Cessationism says that God stops doing everything he said he was going to do. He only does some of it. And typically the reasons are not, when I scrutinize the reasons, I don't think, I don't think they're solid. I think it's a way of saying, we don't believe in this, so we don't have to deal with this because we don't understand enough of it. Or we've, we've seen and encountered issues and chaos and, and people trying to control and manipulate people and things that are wrong, to be honest. And so we've seen those kind of things and practices. Normally they, they're around these kind of, you know, like these spiritual gifts or whatever. And so and so says they're a this or a that. And that means we got to listen to what they say and how they say it. And as if they were our God, there's reasons people run away from certain things. But I would, I, I want to say it this way. Those reasons typically are a way that the enemy is just pushing you away from something that God probably wants for you. And I'm not saying God wants the unhealthy for you. I'm just simply saying it can be hard to learn about things in love and in truth and in ways that build us up. It can be hard to find people that we can trust even. And until we do, then I would say, yeah, stay away from it. If it's if you think it's wrong, fine. But let's not become limitismist. It's not a word. It doesn't really exist. I'm making it up. A limitist. A limitist is a person who limits God. A, a limitist is a person who says, God is all powerful, but most of the time he's not really all that powerful. Or he's he can be trusted for everything, but most of the time I'm not going to trust him for this and this and this. I'm not going to trust him because I don't need to trust him. Let's not limit God. Let's let God be almighty God. And in ways that we want to limit him, let's just, let's just, Lord, I've been limiting you and I don't want to limit you because you're, you can't be limited. And so if I limit you, maybe I'm letting something or somebody else influence me to not trust you more. And I want to trust you more, God. And, and so I want to encourage you, trust God more. He can be trusted. He's trustworthy. Don't believe me? That's good. Nothing wrong with that. Start reading the Bible. Start reading the Bible. I don't have to prove to you God exists. That's his job. He's a living God, the only true living God. He's God. And he wants you to know him. And I want to encourage you as a brother in the Lord to grow, to grow. And as a disciple of the Lord, to follow Christ. If Let me say it this way. If, if, you're, if you're a follower of Jesus, but you don't know where he went, how can you follow? Just saying. If you have any questions at all about anything I've been sharing, I pray that you would reach out to me. Send me an email, support at godsadopted.com or victor at godsadopted.com or go to the website, godsadopted.com. 
And there's a form there that you can fill out. Ask me your questions, or if you have an idea for an episode, let me know. Um, I'd love to hear from you. Or maybe you have a testimony. Maybe God's done something in your life, and and hopefully maybe some of this has been a part of helping you. Um, I pray and hope that that's the case. That's why I'm here. I believe the Lord wants me to do this, so I'm going to do it. And whatever he wants you to do, I pray that you are encouraged and built up so that you can go and do that too. Father God, I thank you for the time I've had here with my brothers and sisters. I pray that you'd build us all up in you. And I just pray that you would encourage us and, and guide us, Father, closer to yourself and in your love to one another. In Jesus' name, amen. I love seeing how our real living God is working in and through our real living lives in this real world. Please subscribe to this podcast and keep listening. If you've been blessed or encouraged in some way and want to leave a review, please do that by writing your review on iTunes. If you haven't already, please drop in and say howdy in our Facebook group when you can. See you next time on The Water with Jesus.